0: Hey everybody, what's up? It's Corey from Lean Green Dad Radio. I am so excited to reshare this episode with you from a couple years back with World Wrestling Entertainment Hall of Fame wrestler Mick Foley. Guys, I met Mick Foley at a Culture City event a couple years back, and his daughter, Noel, amazing human beings. And I have to share this episode with you because this was when he transitioned to a plant-based diet and he had lost 100 pounds. He came on our show to celebrate this with us. So I am happy to replay this for you. Uh, Just got to give some love. Anybody that has a husband or a partner out there that's struggling with switching to a plant-based diet because they're afraid they're going to lose their manliness, uh, it doesn't get much more manly and awesome than a professional Hall of Fame wrestler. So Mick is an amazing human. Again, uh, I hope you enjoy the episode. Here it is one more time, my interview with World Wrestling Entertainment Hall of Fame wrestler Mick Foley. I'm a lean, green, eating machine. We have a huge guest, one of my favorite guests on the show. I'm so excited because I had the the honor to meet Mick Foley and his daughter, Noelle, at an event uh, with my nonprofit partner, Culture City, last year. Guys, I got to tell you, Mick Foley is an awesome human being. He's so down to earth and just such a wonderful person. I can't say enough about how great he is. I mean, he's just stopping all the time to talk to fans and just really wonderful, In addition to being a great husband, father, and uh, immortal wrestling superstar, he also cares very much about his health. In fact, a while back, he decided he needed a change and started eating better. Now, what did he eat? What did he do to drop some weight? Well, we'll talk about all that. But the significance of this episode number and the changes that he made ended up helping him lose over 100 pounds. Yeah? You see, in a slimmer... More lean Mick McFoley up there on uh, WWE Raw as the current GM when we recorded this episode. So, I'm really excited for you to hear the podcast. I want to get right into it. So, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one and only hardcore legend WWE Hall of Fame superstar, multi-time best-selling author, stand-up comic, spoken word performer, and most of all, a dad, Mr. Mick Foley. <laughs> All right, guys. Welcome to the show. The man that is with us today really needs no introduction because he is the man himself. We are talking about the current GM of RAW, WWE Hall of Famer, and Hardcore Legend. You guys know who he is. It's Mick Foley. Welcome to the show, Mick.
1: Well, I th- thank you, Corey. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, I don't, I don't do many of these, so this is my first podcast in a while, and uh, really my first in-depth discussion on. Uh, Health and nutrition. So I appreciate you uh, your interest, and I told you to wait until I passed like a you know uh, a big marker, a big milestone, and you did that, and here we are uh, to talk about it.
0: Well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. I know you're a busy man. Uh, you know whether it's Holy foley or flying all over all over the place for the WWE, um, and you know I know your family's very important to you too. So thank you for taking the time to to talk th- with me today.
1: Uh, you're I- welcome. Yeah. We were supposed to do it last night, and I was like, wait, hold on. It's my son's birthday. And now <laughs> uh, in the Northeast, we're, we're facing some, uh, you know, possibly some extreme weather. And I kept on saying, hold on, give me another 15 minutes. I need to go shopping. So it's oh, uh, all good. Try to make the wait worth it for you, Corey.
0: It is. It is. And, uh, you know, I. It is episode one hundred of Lean Green Dad, which is completely appropriate because, from you know what I've seen, obviously on RAW, we've seen a slimmer version of Mick Foley, and uh, I'm sure people are kind of wondering what's going on. Let Let's talk about this. What What's going on, Mick? Have you Have you changed something? What What is the the difference here?
1: Yeah, I I finally realized uh, about a, a little over a year ago, thirteen months ago. That uh, if I had someone come and start working with me, exercising, and uh, my kids think she's a pain in the neck. <laughs> her name is <laughs> Avril, uh, and I'll get back to the importance of having a pain in your neck in a couple minutes. Um, <laughs> but she did. She she had uh, I hadn't seen or heard from her in 32 years since I was in high school, and then I got a friend request on Facebook, and I saw that she was a yoga instructor with. Uh, an emphasis on, um, was it, constructive exercise or okay. um, reconstructive exercise, something along those lines. So I just jokingly said, like, hey, any hope for me? And she took it really seriously. She was like, hold on, I'll, I'll, I'll look into it. And got back to me and had watched uh, videos of me walking and hadn't even known I was a wrestler until five years earlier when I was a retired wrestler at that point. Sure. And so uh, she got back to me. And she said, I can help you get moving if you're willing to work at it. So uh, she came to visit her mother last December and uh, spent a week with us. And uh, she's pretty, she's pretty, pretty tough on me. In addition to the, you know, the, the stretching and the yoga and basic Pilates moves, uh, she was right, kind of reinforcing a lot of the things about nutrition that I already knew. And I think in some sense, you know, you really need people around you. It's it's not like one sledgehammer blow. I think it's like a little, can you see my, a little ball peen? Oh, that's not the best motion to be making. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody can see you. It's just a podcast, so that's good. Oh, okay. little ball peen uh, <laughs> hammer, you know, blows like kind of tap, tap, tapping. Uh, I think I use the same, the same, uh, um, example when i was talking about my conscience when i just finally started decided to start uh sponsoring kids around the world in 1992 it's like a little tap 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 and all of a sudden it's like all right i'll do it i'll do it so uh i started exploring some of the things she was talking about and i kind of had the uh, had that positive reinforcement there and uh, just started doing a lot of things that made sense like if I, and the nice thing about it, if somebody's listening at home, and especially if they tended to be heavy or have tended to be heavy throughout their lifetime, I was like I think I broke this cycle. Now I have to work on it, you know, for a lifetime. And I think that's part of the challenge is is accepting that it's a lifestyle change, like a lifelong commitment to changing the way you live, as opposed to a temporary diet. Right, right. Uh, which are very the, hot
0: right now at the beginning of the the new year. Everybody with their resolutions. Yeah, everyone wants and stuff. to
1: shed twenty, yeah, twenty or thirty pounds. And uh, I, one of the things I had working against me is that whenever I would lose weight, uh, for wrestling, it was always with a specific goal in mind. It was like, all right, I need to get in shape for this match. Especially when I started having comeback matches. Like uh, at one point, I did lose sixty pounds to wrestle Randy Orton in two thousand four. But never for a moment did I consider that what I was doing was something that I would continue <laughs> after that moment. You know, we, uh, we had the match. Like it was back to the old habits. And within, you know, three years, I'd put it all on uh, and then some. And, you know, unfortunately, it was weighing in, you know, on the positive side of, uh, <laughs> the, of 300 for most of the last 15 years. Wow, And a lot of it was north of 320 and 338 was uh, about my high. And that's where I was last December 4th when I decided to make a change.
0: Wow. And here we are, we're a year year plus later and, you know, it is episode 100. So I got to tell people you're down 100 pounds. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. 100 big ones. That's Uh, huge.
0: Congratulations. I mean, that is a massive deal, A, a huge deal. Congrats on that.
1: Yeah, well, I yeah, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, again, the key is to do the things, uh, take the steps that will uh, help me keep that off. Yep. Uh, eighty was the original goal, and then I think you know, once you get to eighty and hit that goal, it's like, you know, why not? Yep. One hundred is such a such. A, it's a better figure. So uh, well, even if I even if I, I end up you know staying at that eighty pound mark. Uh, I think that's a pretty, uh, it's a really healthy change and, um, something that I can stick with because I really, I enjoy, I enjoy this healthy stuff, Corey.
0: Yeah. It, well, and you look great. Your energy's great. I mean, we got to see each other at uh culture cities event, uh, in Alabama, you know, several months back and it was wonderful to see you, you know, asking me about vegan protein powder and, and where you could find it. I mean, are you incorporating a lot more plant-based foods, a lot of fruits and grains and, uh, you know, whole proteins into your diet. I mean, what what is the biggest thing with the with the plant based stuff that that you've learned that's really helped you?
1: I think what I learned, especially uh, uh, after talking with you, and I talked to one of the other wrestlers, and he was you know talking about the sprouted seeds, and th- that was like a foreign language for me. I had no, mm-hmm. I, like, I, I just didn't know how I could you know utilize that in a way that was uh, uh, practical for me. And then when, you, when I talked to you at that point, I really thought soy, you know, soy, you know, powders, tofu was like the only way, uh, you could get your, uh, your plant-based proteins. And after talking to you, I was like, wow, there's a whole, <laughs> a whole, the whole world out there. And, uh, so I'd say I've got like five plant-based protein powders alone. You know, I've got a pumpkin seed and, uh, something that the, uh, uh the orgain uh the the orgain powders which just taste too good to be you know <laughs> healthy <laughs> like they're really delicious uh, yeah uh the garden of life has something you know that tastes a little you know the raw stuff where you're like okay you know this tastes healthier because it you know it's, it's got a little bit more of that natural feel and then there's some stuff uh I'm trying to think of the name of the people who do it. They, they did the uh, – I could just run upstairs and get a bar. Um, is it Vega? They, is it the Vega the bar? Pegan, the, they did the paleo diet. and okay. So their they're, uh, vegan is called uh, – uh, Pegan. I think it's called Pegan, P-E-G-A-N. Okay. The bars and the powders. I, I like the bars quite a bit. and uh, But the powder, there's no question when I'm stirring that up and drinking it down that I'm doing something healthy because there's no <laughs> – There's no disguising it as, like, a a comfort food uh, Uh, or something that tastes delicious like the organ.
0: That's the same thing I do with, like, a wheatgrass shot in the morning. It's like, it it tastes like health. That's what my wife always says. This tastes, (laughs) it tastes like health, you know? I think that's,
1: I think you need that, though. I think you need a little bit of that. I mean, of course, it's great to have delicious uh, meals, uh, but there's something about a little bit of suffering that I think you need to incorporate, and if uh, (laughs) a... And if it's wheatgrass or if it's, uh, you know, vegan protein powder, I don't think that's asking too much. Exactly. Well,
0: you know, on the road, obviously when you were, you know, wrestling full time, I mean, I've worked with the WWE before in other lifetimes as an event planner and stuff. And those guys, I mean, holy cow, they are on the road. What is it? 352 days a year or something like that? Well, maybe not
1: that. You know, when I was on the road, I would say you're counting your travel days close to 300 days, Um, but it's you know even even the little bit I'm on the road now is a three day a week uh, commitment, and that can mess you up you know when you're going through different time zones and um, it's really difficult for guys to uh, stick to their diets. They do they do an amazing job. They they really do. Um, But I was a guy with a completely different body style um and a wrestling style and so for years you know i was like the exception to the rule and when i did start to shape up like i'm talking about getting down like right around 300 that's about when people would start to notice and then they'd be like hey you know you're you're gonna kill your gimmick that's you know wrestle speak for (laughs) i think it speaks for itself yeah and then i would get all these mixed signals like i would get these uh, uh kind of mental images that okay this is getting healthy is bad for my, you know, my image. Yeah. Uh, People don't want to see me that way. And I think in a way they were just like kind of crutches that I was leaning on. Uh, It was usually about at the 20 pound mark that people would start to notice. And, uh, and so it was really difficult to, to get past that hump, you know? And so I'm thankful that this time out, it was about, I'd say I was so heavy, three thirty-eight, that I had a you know a sliding scale where people were used to seeing me anywhere from three hundred to you know close to three forty. So it wasn't until I'd already lost about thirty-five pounds that anyone started taking notice. And uh, by then, I was really caught up in you know not only the exercise and incorporating some of Diamond Dallas Page's DDP yoga and uh, sure. some swimming, but I actually I think the big difference is I wasn't just choking down like some. You know, protein powders and uh, things that I knew I couldn't maintain, but that I was really you know enjoying, uh, especially the green. You know, this is the lean green dad, right? So, oh, right. Uh, uh, the green stuff. Yeah, I, I was. I just went shopping. That's part of the you know I like mentioned the reason I was late, and I was in that produce aisle like like a kid in the you know in the cereal section or the candy section. Like, oh, whoa, they've got. Brussels Brussels sprouts and what, organic green beans? Like just thinking of all the things that I could throw into those mixtures. Uh, uh, a great book that uh, vegan wrestler Daniel Bryan suggested to me, uh, recommended to me, is called uh, How Not to Die. And uh, Dr. Greger, right? Yeah, that's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, once you get past the title, it's really just a practical way of being as healthy as you can and learning that, A lot of the uh, uh, chronic illnesses are caused by, you know, aided at least by, uh, you know, our obesity epidemic. Uh, And he was somebody who really he, he made it sound so appetizing to just throw stuff on greens. And so. That's what my daughter and I have been doing. Like we go shopping and we get the, you know, the garbanzo beans and the kidney beans and some walnuts and throw some, you know, some other vegetables in there. Fairly healthy, uh, um, uh, dress, you know, a little bit of dressing. And, uh, and when you find yourself craving greens, I think you, you got the it. battle, <laughs> yeah, the you've battle is, that largely won. So when you're when you're on the road
0: and when you are doing those 3 days a week what is the what is the go-to food for you? What is the thing that really helps you get along? Do you have like cashews or a trail mix with you or do you just shake up a smoothie in a, sh- a shaker cup or what's the thing that keeps you going? Uh, a
1: little bit a little bit of the above. Um I do, you know, I'll get the you know, almonds or walnuts. Uh, I haven't had the cas- I haven't brought the cashews out or the trail mix. Um and I do pack those um those Pegan bars along with a couple other, uh, plant-based, uh, uh, protein bars. Um, uh, is it day glow? Um, they huh. make a cookie dough and a peanut butter. My wife loves the, uh, cookie dough. I can get a name for you in a little bit. Um, and then I'll, you know, I'll bring the, uh, I'll bring the garden of life. Uh, it, you know, I'll bring some things in packets usually because, uh, there's something about airports and security, and right. me that leads to you know <laughs> scanning and checking and I'm like all right you know what I, I think I'd rather have a big mac than go through this search search thing again oh uh, no no not that bad maybe not that bad but uh yeah I, I packed some healthy stuff and then um one of the you know i think one of the habits i got into that was really beneficial was just Going to a grocery store in town, you know, it might it might take you ten or fifteen extra minutes as opposed to driving through a fast food restaurant, and then you know getting uh, like the the really good uh, organic green drinks and uh, a couple of uh you know a couple of healthy snacks, you know maybe treating myself to one of those little packets of you know maple peanut butter or something or sure. almond butter, and uh, and finding that there was like you know quite a bit of joy in eating well, and especially mm-hmm. in feeling good, you know, I think that's, uh, that's another, thing. it's hard to be all over the board, but, um, especially if someone's listening and they're not, you know, and they're tuning in to hear me and they're not a, a you know, um, regular on the, the, the lean green dead program. Um, I think identifying the way that you feel after you eat certain foods and then realizing that it's not something you should be repeating you know and I'm, I'm just thinking in general uh you know i loved pasta and i was always you know i made a decent pasta pasta and uh, can you still see me yeah i can still see you all right pretty good picture quality it's too bad you guys are just listening i got a christmas tree in the background too Oh, it's, uh, we it's beautiful. We are technically in the Foley Christmas room here, Corey.
0: Oh, we'll um, use it. We'll use it to promote the podcast. We'll yeah, use some of your sound Yeah, do it. Your sound a short bites.
1: haircut too, yeah. I, yeah, um, I saw that on Raw the other day.
0: Yeah, and clean shaven on the sides there. Yep.
1: Yeah, I've got a year <laughs> year to work on my, uh, my look uh, <laughs> as an ambassador for the guy in red in case any of the kids are listening. Oh, yeah. That um, whole
0: room. That whole room is very impressive. We'll have to yeah. talk about that in a second. Yeah, go, we
1: sure will. Go back to your I'll, pasta. You were talking about your pasta. Yeah, I then I realized, man, I feel bad after I eat these big meals. Like really bad. And because I was a big meal guy, that took a lot of pride as a lot of men, men do in how much they could eat, uh I realized that I was spending a lot of downtime just asking my body to digest these massive quantities of food usually with a lot of animal protein involved. And uh uh I think you know, the guys who are who are vegans or vegetarians who just or just in general eat healthier say that, you know, 10 years ago, it was really hard to eat healthy on the road in a, a plant based lifestyle and that it's much easier now. Not only is it easier, but it's less frowned upon so that, uh, you know, I'd say a lot of guys are cutting back on their animal proteins and I'm down, you uh, know, maybe 80, 90 percent from what I used to uh, eat. And I feel a lot better most of the time.
0: Well, you know, in Dr. Greger's book, he talks about, you know, and the China study, you know, done by Dr. Colin Campbell, I mean, they they talked about how much meat you should have. And it's between, you know, it's it's supposed to be lower than 5% is really all your body needs to not have the negative effects of it. You know, we're talking about the saturated fat, we're talking about the carcinogistic qualities of it and that kind of thing. Uh, but you know, there's tons of plant-based sources out there. So the fact that you and a lot of the other WWE superstars, I mean, they're, they're taking notice of this and, and they're incorporating it into their lives, especially on the road. And like you said, it is easier than ever to find these products. It's, it's not as hard as it was even just four or five years ago to be vegan or plant-based. So makes sense.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And, and, you know, not that I want to cause arguments, uh, but I think most people listening to your show are gonna be on on our side anyway. but it's kind of nice knowing that nothing needs to die, you know to uh, to energize your body. Like, yeah, you used to take it as well, it's something's got to happen. Well, it doesn't really have to happen. And it's a lot healthier, I think, for the ecosystem when it doesn't happen is you know, anyone that disagrees, they probably haven't driven past a huge factory farm of cattle in mm. Texas. And you just smell it for miles, you know, animals just, you know, ankle deep in their own waist. And, uh, and I'm thinking, we're going we're to eat this stuff. And, you know, yeah, that's what we do. Uh, and so I think, uh, I really liked, uh, the point in the book where, um, in the book, how not to die, where he said, you know, one of his you know, clients said, but I, I don't know if I can ever like give up my, my aunt's like, uh, chicken soup and he was like well don't you know like just if that's what you love then then have that chicken soup and just find ways to cut down so uh yeah that's that's what I've done you know like if I go to catering in WWE like the uh uh the plant uh, the animal protein will always be my last choice but it doesn't mean that I don't occasionally have something and uh when I do Texas I will grab a, uh, a double meat Whataburger uh, if I feel like <laughs> I've been behaving properly.
0: Well, it's a cultural thing. You have to. I mean, it's a cultural thing, right?
1: It is. But you know what, Corey? <laughs> when I hit the the 80-pound uh, the mark, I learned a lesson there, too. It's like, I hit the 80-pound mark. I weighed in for Mr. McMahon at 258. And then uh, he was very proud of me. And then I went to catering. And just like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was an experiment. And like, <laughs> masochism, but I just, oh, no. I just loaded up on so much terrible stuff thinking that I deserved it. And then that night I drove by the Whataburger, uh, you know, I think it was in Houston and two weeks earlier I'd been in Corpus Christi and I'd turned it down because I wanted to make that, uh, you know, the 80 pound mark. I said, all right, I'll get one. Uh, if I, if I hit my mark, I'll reward myself with a Whataburger. And even though, I uh, had behaved improperly at catering. I think I learned a valuable lesson because I was working on a little Santa memoir and wanted to get some writing done that night. And I realized while I was on the drive-thru line that if I had that double meat burger, I was going to be so lethargic and I was going to be asking so much of my body to break it down that I really wouldn't be able to think properly. And so even though it was a bad night for me at catering, by getting off the line which was almost unthinkable Amazing. you know unthinkable a year earlier and thinking like all right how badly do I really want that what's it going to make me feel like and is it worth it and it was like no I don't need it that bad uh it's going to make me feel terrible I'm not going to be able to write and uh it's going to mess my body up for you know a few days and uh so I think it was a valuable lesson learned there and uh Ten weeks later, or whatever it was, eight weeks later, when I when I dropped that other twenty, uh, I was going to reward myself with catering. And then I thought, you know what? Like, uh, I'm going to probably enjoy a couple of nights, you know, over the holidays with my family. And if I have the choice between enjoying like some gingerbread cookies that my son baked or eating, you know, pies and cakes with the wrestlers and catering. I think I'm going to wait a week, you know? And, yeah. uh, and I did, you know, I mean, I, we, we went out, I, I didn't go out. I ordered the same like handmade candy canes that my dad used to, uh, uh, get for us and it reminded us of him being around and the family right. Christmases. And like, those were good calories to waste. Right. Uh, uh, so I think, you know, everyone's got to make their own, uh, their choices and then hopefully you make, uh, you make, Far more good choices than you do poor ones, and over the course of time, um, it really makes a difference.
0: Yeah, I think the body is pretty forgiving about what you do some of the time, and uh, yeah. it's it's more about what you do all of the time or most of the time. And yeah, yeah,
1: and that that was really hammered home in uh, in the in the book. You know the do- I mean, you know the doctor. I just know the name yep. of the title, yep. "How Not to Die." And that was one of the things that was really reassuring. Was it wasn't like in some some diets are so so foreboding that, you know, you can't stay on them. And this was like, as long as you make the right, yeah, I can make the right decision most of the time. Uh, and then I'll, I'll kind of, you know, enjoy those days when I don't, but I, you know, I won't say days instances because, uh, the problem with the cheat day is that my cheat day would often start at a certain time zone in the South Pacific. Oh. And, and, oh, yeah. I would start six hours before the day and end at like 11.59. So it was like almost like Santa's trip around the world that it actually took 37 hours instead of uh,
0: unbelievable. Now, now but, but what happens is that you get back on. I mean, I think you've got a really healthy mindset about this because- there's a lot of folks in my space that are extremely, you know, rigid. It's like, if you, if you deviate from this, then you lose your vegan card or you lose your healthy card. It's going to be revoked if you, you know, eat a bag of, I don't know. I had a friend that ate a bag of Doritos once and he's like, oh man, I just got off track and I couldn't get back on. But how do you jump back on once you kind of divert for a little bit? Is it your body feels it and it's kind of reminding you that hey th- remember how this feels this doesn't feel yeah good.
1: yeah yeah that's it in a way you know uh like i've i'm at a little cr- crossroads i'm pretty sure i'm gonna be successful here but my body's been telling me the last few days hey knock it off you know we we'll get back to the way you were this past year we like you that way and uh and i just um you get more done during the day when i'm uh, when I'm fueled by uh, by the good stuff, you know, got com- almost completely off uh, the the, uh, uh, the energy drinks. Uh, that was, uh, Avril told me there were like four things I had to give up in life. Uh, energy drinks, donuts, Velveeta cheese, and something else. Uh, and so I had been like a two or three energy drink a day guy. And wow. I kind of really needed that just to get by. Sure. And I found that when I ate healthy, I didn't really need that. And I also found that you know, what had become almost, uh, you know, a reliance on the over-the-counter uh, acid reflux medications you know, was no longer necessary because I, you know, I wasn't burping. Uh, uh, fart levels were way down. <laughs> awesome. That's always a good thing. <laughs> what they the had been. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I think it was, you know, my body's way of telling me that uh, I got far more done when I was healthy. And like I said, like I actually found myself – I find myself craving good stuff. So uh, what are you looking at, Huey? You can vouch that dad likes <laughs> the good stuff these days, right? Yeah, I guess so. I, <laughs> yeah, we actually, uh, I went and did the little shopping. And, oh, and another healthy tip is, uh, and it's I think it's largely true, is, you know, you hit that supermarket, even if it's not, you know, you know Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or something that caters to a healthier lifestyle. You can still, if you hit the two aisles to the left and two aisles to the right and skip the entire rest of the supermarket, you're probably going to come out of there all right and, mm-hmm. uh, and it makes uh shopping much simpler, much quicker um, and i uh I find I don't miss uh, uh most of that stuff that you you know would would you know subject your body to in the middle of the store
0: absolutely. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. Yes, to stay towards the outside. I've heard that before too, so that's good stuff. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about being a dad because I know that's so so very important to you. I mean, whether it's you know you see it coming through on Holy Foley every now and then, uh, but really in in getting to talk to you for quite a while, you know, at the Culture City event, like I said, it's it's really awesome to see how much your family means to you and how you just have so much love for them. And I don't know how you did it. I mean, you, you have an amazing wife that held down the fort for you probably when you were on the road, but what, what is, what does family mean to you and, and how do you prioritize them in your life with
1: so much? Going oh on? yeah, it's it's hard. Um, uh, I had a, a fifth character, um, I have a fourth character. I guess now I've got a, other characters, but at the time I had three wrestling characters <laughs> uh, mankind cactus Jack and dude love. And I, uh, and I wrote about the fact that my fourth character was actually like, he was the big, you know, the greatest superhero of them all. He was super dad. And, uh, he was the guy that was always on the earliest flight home, you know, that, uh, went out of his way, especially on that first day to do his, you know, create the illusion that I was doing as much as possible. Like maybe I overdid it in a sense, you know, as, as far as taking my kids too many places, but, uh, Uh, I really wanted to um, take advantage of all the time that I was home. And then I was like one of the few guys who would regularly bring his kids on the road. I know that uh, uh, WWE put out a very nice DVD set called For All Mankind. And one of the wrestlers um, mentioned that he wished he'd done that. You know, he looks back 20 years later, like, why wasn't I doing that? Why wasn't I turning my road trips into family trips the way that Mick did. And uh, that's something I got from my dad. It wasn't until my dad passed away and my brother gave a nice uh, speech in his honor and said that my father somehow, talking about my grandfather, talking about my father, uh, somehow made uh, trips to Detroit, Michigan seem like prime family (laughs) vacation destinations. My dad was an athletic director so he'd go to like the national conferences and somehow <laughs> we're going to detroit and uh so we never got to go to disney world you know when i was growing up but boy, by golly you know we went to detroit and we went to indianapolis and we saw the final four a couple times and uh and he was a guy that worked some incredibly long hours but always found a way to uh, incorporate uh me and my brother into uh you know his routine and so i, I did the same thing with my kids
0: unbelievable and i'm sure they loved it do they remember i mean i don't know huey and all the kids i mean do, do they remember back in the days i mean of course there's famous shots of them like crying when you're getting just destroyed <laughs> in the
1: ring and everything but I not mean, just destroyed by anyone destroyed oh, by the rock that takes
0: on oh, oh please added the, the, significance. The, yes the, the rock video is is the, probably the most famous debut uh by your kids for sure but um and how old was Noelle
1: during that? Noelle was, I think, five. That was uh, 99. She, she was five. Oh, my goodness. Oh Dewey my goodness. was seven. And, uh, yeah, things got a little out of hand. And this is after The Rock had spoken to the kids and said, you know, your dad's a good friend of mine. Don't worry. Oh. <laughs> and uh, that just went all the, out the window The that when that first chair shot came crashing down on my head. Oh. Um, He's a strong man, that Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit. Every ounce of it was in those uh, chair shots.
0: How many shots was it, Mick? 10?
1: It was 11. Yeah, mine goes to 11. Me and Nigel Tufnell have that in common. Uh, And now, fortunately, you know, uh, WWE sports entertainment is something we can change the nature of in a much simpler way than, say, a sport like soccer can, where one fundamental rule change, say, it's the... uh, you know, the absence of the header would just, you know, you kind of destroy the, the entire sport. <laughs> um, and, uh, man, I got a lot of uh, really um, negative feedback when I uh, posted something from the Sports Legacy uh, Foundation about, you know, trying to hold off on the header until middle school. And, man, a lot of that uh, love I thought I had just disappeared in an instant. But. jeez. Oh, uh, Uh, but you know, in in WWE, we can make changes like that just to kind of outlaw those things. And, uh, we learn from our mistakes the same as we do in other, uh, areas of our lives.
0: Absolutely. So I I know you do a ton of charitable work. Uh, one of those we mentioned before, uh, you were honored last year with culture city. Talk, talk about what, what giving back means to you in nonprofits, uh, just working with all the organizations you work with. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, I think in a selfish sense, we do things that make us feel good. And so I, I do it. You know, I do. I feel, you know, I, I love I love helping. I love the way it makes me feel. Um, but in a, in a much more um, uh, pure sense, like it really just feels like the right thing to do. Uh, this little memoir that I was working on was about my um, my, uh, you know, years in the red suit as helping Santa out and I talked about how uh, my second appearance, I went from seeing 20 kids at a uh, uh, Santa's village in Jefferson, New Hampshire, 20 or 30 kids over the course of two hours. And my next um, appearance in the red suit was in front of thousands of people on WWE television, millions, you know, thousands of people live, millions of people uh, on TV. And so I got it in my head for that, you know, for, that year that this is what I do. Like I, I right after that tribute to the troop show, I was on WWE raw in the red suit. And I thought, wow, this is a, uh, this is, this is what I do. You know, I'm seen by millions on TV live by thousands. And it was just over the course of like the last, you know, this nice little story arc where I came to learn that it's not about, uh, it's not about the number. Uh, and in a strange way, I might not have time to explain how Nora Jones enters this picture, but I, <laughs> I have this, uh, <laughs> like a, wait, hold on. A I'm going to take a little tour of the foley. uh, you can't even see, is it we're even worth going on a tour of the Christmas room?
0: We can, as long as the internet connection stays, I'll be happy right, as long right. as the internet connection stays.
1: So, <laughs> all right, so this is me. Uh, you can see, uh, whoa, it's knocked out. So the walls there, fully portrait,
0: unbelievable.
1: So and then Nora is actually the only famous person in uh, who's uh, on the walls at all. And there's a little thing you can see this picture made. Of Nora.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: <laughs> anyway, let me see the. Can you read the writing?
0: Uh it was it was for I don't know sur- surreal survival. What is surreal? This? You have to read it to me.
1: Uh, can you read it there?
0: Yeah, go for it. No, it, it was so it surreal. It was
1: so surreal. He looked so real. Mick is Santa. Oh, my goodness. And um, that was because uh, I had walked in late to one of her shows. My friend was playing bass for her, uh, Santa. And uh, and had no idea until seven months later that, <laughs> that uh, my... Um, my uh, uh, appearance had had any kind of effect on her. And I thought to myself, oh, I think I just made her feel like a little girl, you know, Aww. like a child. And um, and so that reaction from her really opened up my mind to the idea that it wasn't, it wasn't the number of people, but the quality of the uh, uh, interaction. And so uh, this, you know, the The story kind of ends last year when I'm on my way back from, um, uh, a visit on Christmas Eve and, uh, my son, Hughie and I, um, as Santa and his elf had had this great interaction, you know, where the parents actually wake up the kids and then, uh, you know, Santa or Santa's helper kind of puts on a little performance with his back turned to the audience. It's pretty magical. Trust me. It's, you know, and if, uh, anyone liked, you know, the, um, level of commitment that i had in my matches they can just guess that i have that same level of commitment (laughs) when it comes to making these appearances and uh on the way home huey i said to huey i said wow i just i feel like i just had a huge pay-per-view match and he said but dad there are only three people there and i said it doesn't it doesn't matter it's about creating something and uh i know like in that case that was not a charitable uh i well i've the only person I've ever charged to be uh wear the red suit is mr McMahon because he's you know he's doing okay <laughs> and if i if I've been on his show wearing the red suit I have no problem with that but um yeah it's December I try to just work that entire month and uh do as many events as i can i'm a santa for a a group called um um A Christmas Magic, which which serves thousands of kids um, living in uh, homeless shelters and transitional housing, foster homes and sober houses and things like that on Long Island. And I have a couple other, uh, you know, uh, organizations, one called Share the Voice that provides uh, adaptive tricycles for children and adults whose, uh, you know, mobility is very limited. And I find through doing these things... Yeah, that I uh, am able to like really create joy. Uh, and that is in some ways a year round thing for me because I, you know, I start, you know, like this uh-huh. every December 26th. And then we grow it out and uh, create the best uh, experience possible for uh, the families. And uh, I found this year that I really feel like all the years that um, I spent. Participating with WWE and you know with Make a Wish and other wish-granting organizations and spending time with uh, kids who are facing you know unique and life-threatening challenges that like I feel really comfortable in those situations and then and then you put the red suit on and it's a weird thing that people um, um uh, they sometimes feel like the very best part of themselves. Uh-huh. comes out when that suit goes on and uh, so the visits I had with children in the hospitals were just they were they were really they were wonderful to the point where I'd get a text message from the parents and on a couple occasions like, I had to pull over like because I get you know I granted you shouldn't be reading text messages at a stoplight anyway but uh, I had to pull over because they were really emotional really powerful you know and I, I would ask if I could take a screenshot to remind me, you know, about the the bigger picture. So I think all of us have, have, um, unique gifts that we can bring. And, um, I think the, um, the trick is finding out an early enough age that the world doesn't revolve around us and that, um, you know, we can help a lot of people if we try.
0: Well, you're quite a different celebrity than I think anyone understands. And, uh, you know, they they can hear it from you just talking to me right now. But, you know, again, getting the chance to know you for those few days, you're the real deal, Mick. I, I really, I'm amazed by, I, and I've seen you interact with fans. Uh, I've seen them walk up to you and ask for autographs and recognize you from across the street and walk all the way over. And you're so patient and so kind. And on, beh- you know, on behalf of the entire WWE universe, I, I want to say thank you to you because not only have you changed the lives of these, you know, young kids that have grown up watching you as fans, but now here you are having a positive impact on the world, whether it be through the diet that you're eating, or through giving back to these kids, uh, you know, in the red, in your red suit, or just anything, you know, and being a great role model for fathers everywhere. So, uh, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on and talk to me. And uh, what, what's next? What's what's the next thing?
1: Oh, I don't know. uh We've got WrestleMania around the bend. Yes, um, you're coming to my hometown. You're coming to Orlando. That's right. Yeah, that should be a great experience. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. The Royal Rumble before that in January. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an adventure every time I go out there on the road. I get to work with Stephanie McMahon as my uh, commissioner, and yeah. uh, we we enjoy working together. I'm sure I will be fired in some type of hideous way uh publicly and yeah i'll tell you what if it it, it, i'd feel like that there was a huge waste of potential if if stephanie doesn't you know uh fire me in the best you know meanest with fire with actual fire way possible yeah you've already been through a uh,
0: flaming table so it's got to be something (laughs) else a flaming chair or something fire you in a chair
1: well, I think anyone will will agree emotional pain is far worse than physical, you know. So, uh, so Stephanie will probably make me feel some of that emotional pain with the firing. And if it doesn't happen that way, like I said, I'll feel like a lot of potential has been wasted. because she's great in that role, and uh, I'm a fairly sympathetic character. And uh, I just uh, it's got it has to happen. Like it has it has to come to fruition.
0: I still remember when Stephanie was. Getting married to test back in the day and they staged all that stuff. That that was crazy. Triple H is all mad and everything. Oh
1: geez. Uh, yeah, they know. they never run out of you know, some some ideas are better than others, but geez, we're there, you know, five hours now live every week, you know, no preemptions. Uh, some shows work better than others, but we're like always there. We're like the U S male in that sense, you know, uh, through (laughs) rain or sleet or blinding snow. Yeah. WWE is going to find a way to be on that, on that TV live. And we love it.
0: All of America eats it up. The world eats it up. Are you kidding me? It's one of the biggest brands in the world.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I think, uh, uh, sports entertainment is in some way, Corey, the key to world peace. Uh, we can find People have been, you know, have not found a way to coexist for hundreds of years. And they go, wait, You like to watch guys in tights fight? (laughs) (laughs) Huge, huge. Let's talk this over. Like, There's got to be a starting point, at least. You know, the starting point.
0: Well, you are the man. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to let you get back to your family and uh, have an awesome night.
1: All right. Thanks, Corey. Have a nice day.